How's it going, folks? It's Abdullah and Bean, and welcome to another episode of Moment in Weed, our companion series to great moments in weed history. It's a little bit looser, it's a little bit wilder, and we're only talking about current topics in cannabis. This is going to be coming out on a weekly basis. Did you say it's going to be coming out on a weedly basis? <laughs> yes, that's right. That's what I said. Uh, anyone who didn't hear that misheard me. I said weedly. Ooh, he takes a, a, a good weed pun off the deck for me. <laughs> Pulled the nug out from under me, if you will, oh on that one. Oh, my God. Also, I forgot to mention that there's new heights or perhaps valleys of weed punnery in moments in weed. <laughs> if you're not going to get high with the highs, man, you're not going to know about the lows. And they're all <laughs> happening, of course, say it with me, every single weedness day. <laughs> yes, here on Great Moments in Weed History. We really do hope you love this new format, uh, but just don't worry. We also have classic Great Moments in Weed History episodes coming your way, including next week when we are going to be telling the story of a true cannabis and reggae legend and probably not the person that immediately springs to mind. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if you're running down the list in your head of legendary reggae icons, it's the most badass outlaw cannabis, one of them all. Police still out there brutalize poor people for a, a little jar herb. See? And me personally, if it was for me alone, every police station up. And of course, this is not the first time we have covered a musical legend on our show. Please check out our previous episodes about Willie Nelson, Fela Kuti, The Beatles, Billie Holiday, The Grateful Dead, and an incredible interview with living legend David Crosby. Ah, oh, Jesus, hopeless. <laughs> legend bullshit legend i'm just a person man i'm just another stoner each of these people has an amazing cannabis story and we do our best to do it justice on great moments in weed history so if you're digging it please check those episodes out also if you support us on patreon you can watch a video version of this show and there's lots of other perks bonus materials so please support us on Patreon. Yeah, you can get a signed copy of my book, How to Smoke Pot Properly. You can watch these video sessions every week. We're always posting a lot of fun, cool stuff. And I gotta say, the community is growing. And that's so exciting to us. And of course, really helps us make the best possible podcast. It's now Weedly every Wednesday. That's a lot of work, but... <laughs> No one even knows. At this point, we're just speaking our own language. I think anyone has any clue when this show comes out. Well, there's nine days a week, uh, up from eight last year. That's that's this economy for you now. It's a nine-day work week. But anyway, we are so grateful to our longtime supporters and so happy to welcome our new supporters and, you know... What are you waiting for? You could put five on it and be a part of this with all of us. You can support us on Patreon at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. And of course, if you don't have the bucks, please tell your friends about our show because we're essentially shadow banned 
from advertising on every platform. Actually, I have to say there is one peer-to-peer network left that will support this show. I am looking at you, righteous weed dealers of the world. (laughs) You're already uh, going around bringing joy to people. Maybe just mention the show to them next time you are selling a dime or an eighth or an ounce or, you know, if you're selling pounds, we understand it's, it's, you know, you got to do your business and get out. But (laughs) if it's a small amount among friends, hey, throw in a little plug while you're doing your work, plugs. Hell yeah. All right. So, Bean, what late-breaking weed news have you got for us today? Today, I have got two big stories, pretty big stories. They are hot off the rosin press. Mm-hmm. First use. Uh, and one of them is going to make us all really happy, and one of them is going to piss us off. Okay, gotcha. So this is one of those good news, bad news, which one do you want first uh, joke setups, <laughs> classic joke setup. <laughs> it's right, very let- much that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's get the bad weed news out of the way. You have chosen wisely. Uh, but I think we should definitely light up some weed first to brace ourselves. What, what, what do you got, uh, ready to blaze over there, my friend? All right. So what I have here is, uh, the second half of a joint I was smoking earlier, which is what I smoke about half the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, I'm being told by our statistics department that that is, uh, accurate with a degree of error of 0%. Fact checkers. Uh, and, and also, I, I'm very excited that my uh, joint that I'm smoking has a flared glass tip. One of my favorite things you can hold in your mouth like that. Really easy. Uh, very convenient. How about yourself? A uh, quick shout out to our pretend sponsors. Just the tips. Glass tips for your joint. <laughs> Not we don't sell think. anything else. Just the tips. Not what uh, you think I... based on what the name of the company is. <laughs> but still something illicit. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, actually something pretty unique today. This is a point. If you're not ready, you can hit pause. You can roll up a joint. You can split a blunt. You can pack a bong or a bowl or do whatever you do with those dabs. But I doubt that you are going to be able to do what I am going to do at least this week, which is to smoke weed out of a shofar. (laughs) Whoa, what the heck? Oh, my God. It's like a it's like a deer antler. Uh, A shofar is a religious object used by uh, Jews. It is made uh, typically from the horn of a ram or some other animal. And it is blown like a horn on uh, important occasions in biblical times. This would be the Sabbath, the new moon or the announcement of a new king. Uh, no kings, no gods, no masters on this podcast, but I I will, uh, blow this show far with you in the sense of blowing tea. Yeah, I gotta (laughs) hand it to you. That is a unique smoking implement, man. It's really cool looking. Yeah, I have to thank our friends at Token Jew. You can find them on Instagram. Uh, they sent me this. I believe it's 3D printed. Of course, if you're watching this because you're a Patreon supporter, you can see exactly what we're talking about. Otherwise, head over to their Instagram, check them out. But I think for right now, we gotta we gotta uh, check out a moment in weed, Let's right? Let's do it. Tis the Sabbath. All right. Ooh. <clears throat> that was the most religious experience of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the weeds day, uh, weeds day will be our Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. no more work. All stoners, 
with the, the general strike begins now. We don't work on Wednesdays. And we need non-weed smokers to come in and light our bowls for us. Yeah. All right, that's a deep cut, Juju. <laughs> Listener note, we're starting, as as we mentioned, with the story that's going to piss us all off, and then we got good news on the end, so hang in. You know, it's no exaggeration to say this podcast runs on coffee and weed, and lately the coffee has been top shelf because of our new sponsor, Vigilante Coffee. I grind my beans daily, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, and I do the whole pretentious hipster pour-over thing every morning, and I gotta say, I really enjoy thinking about where my coffee came from and how it was grown and processed, just like weed. And just like weed, it's worth it to get the best coffee you can afford. And the good news is, if you brew your own at home, really good coffee is an affordable luxury. That's why I'm thrilled to have Vigilante Coffee on the podcast and in my mug each and every morning. Vigilante is a specialty coffee roaster that sources their beans directly from small, award-winning farms around the world and then roasts them to perfection. They support ending the war on drugs and they want to support this podcast too because they believe that all you really need is coffee and weed. Amen. So treat yourself to a bag of their Golden Bean Award winning Dank Blend, which has just returned for its fourth year. Dank is 80% Guatemalan and 20% Ethiopian. Brew that up nice and strong and pair it with a puff or two of good weed in the morning and I guarantee you will be up and at them. To learn more or to order their amazing coffee, check out their website vigilantecoffee.com or you can visit one of their cafes and if you buy a pound of those beans, well, please tell them Bean sent you vigilantecoffee.com. Our good friends and overlords, Amazon just endorsed a Republican backed bill in Congress that would legalize cannabis on the federal level. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Leaving states to decide whether to prohibit or regulate it. Okay. You know, can't force the states to legalize. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is coming from Representative Nancy Mace. She's got the States Reform Act. It's going to remove cannabis from federal Schedule 1 and introduce a new 3% federal tax on sales. So now picture 3% of all the money that just you yourself spent on weed. And now multiply that times every stoner. All of that money right off the top. In addition to the state taxes, we're already paying that 3%. According to these Republicans and Amazons and corporate fat cats, where do you think they're going to put that money? Hmm. I have this tingling sensation in the back <laughs> of my neck that I've felt many times on this show before. Is that, dare I say... That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the police. The sound of the police? Whoop, whoop. Ah! <laughs> expected <laughs> or <Go>! just whenever <laughs> okay so this is going to go to the police as do uh, the majority of our municipal budgets in this country in any major city so that's great uh <laughs> they needed more money right now well the in their defense the police have been advocating for this change legalization for decades, oh, oh, we are being told they've been arresting us and <laughs> kicking our doors down in the middle of the night and putting eighty-year-old cancer patients in jail. Oh, 
Sorry, I, 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 I had some wires crossed. Oh my God. And talk about war profiteering, drug war profiteering. It looks like, uh, you know, no matter what the situation is, they win. Yeah, it does. Doesn't wait, wait, Oh, wait. But it, wait. Oh, the other, if you, yeah, no, you're fucking right. <laughs> you redid my math. I saw you carrying the one. Uh, Pieces of shit. You know, I'm pretty deep into this shofar. Uh, so, you know, once, once that happens, the math falls off. Here, how about, how about this? Here, here's a little uh, Orwellian corporate doublespeak for you. Yeah. This is, this is Nancy Mace. This is the, and, and, and we're not, sh- you know, some good intention in this bill, but come on. Here's what Nancy Mace, this Republican lawmaker, has to say. Quote, Amazon is looking at this from a worker's perspective. Yeah, as they do everything. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing she says is Amazon doesn't want to sell it, but they don't sell hardly anything. And as we both know and uh, (laughs) our listeners know, in the drug game, it's about the distro. And that is what they are clearly set up to do. Yeah, now, I've never ordered anything off Amazon, so I'm not familiar. Just kidding. (laughs) I've received thousands and thousands of packages from Amazon. And here's the scary thing. We're all sort of complicit in Amazon's success because they really did crack this logistical issue and deliver things right on time. They have their whole content network there that's there to sort of bolster uh, their membership numbers and all that, right? So the thing is that they are good at what they do, but we have to look at the intent behind what they want to achieve, right? And that in the past has been putting people out of business, right? Essentially like destroying the retail economy in some senses for our convenience, something that was exacerbated in the pandemic, right? So we have to ask ourselves, as the people that consume the most cannabis, right, we have that power. Do we need convenience so badly that we're going to give our cannabis dollars, our hard-earned weed money, straight to Amazon? I hope not. So far, we haven't bought our weed on Amazon. It's the one thing. It's the one thing we don't (laughs) buy on Amazon. You have your sources for it. You trust your sources for it. Stick to those sources. Don't buy the Amazon weed. I think there's a one in a million chance where like, you know, Alien Labs has a partnership with Amazon and it's like the best fucking weed ever delivered right to your door. But that's doubtful. It's probably going to be some industrially grown bullshit, grown sans love, uh, you know, which, as we all know, is the secret ingredient in excellent cannabis. So just preempting this, buy your weed locally, continue to buy your weed locally. Yeah, and when you hear somebody talking about the reasons to legalize weed and its uh, supposed concern for workers or the economy or jobs or taxes, you know, those are all great reasons to legalize weed, but it's also a huge red flag. Last week, we featured uh, an ad from Louisiana's next senator, and he's saying legalize weed because somebody's getting arrested and fucked with and having their lives disrupted and their communities disrupted every 37 seconds. That's the reason. Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of marijuana. Since 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating marijuana laws, over half of all drug arrests. 
black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing marijuana laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot, just like me. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. That's the reason. So uh, when we start hearing that from Republicans and, and Amazon, et cetera, and the laws that they propose reflect that rather than giving money to the very police who have abused us for decades and decades, we will be uh, more excited. Okay, great. So what's the bad news? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the <laughs> I got good news for you about the bad news that you thought was going to be the bad news is the good news because we already did the bad news. And to clear that bit of confusion out, I think I personally am just going to blow this show far uh, one more time. Uh, Will you light up with me? Celebrate the Sabbath, Bean. Every Whedon's Day, my people get high and have a day of rest. What's this day of rest shit? What's this bullshit? So I think that the good news is good news for everyone, obviously, but I think you're going to take some particular joy in this. I'm going to read you an Associated Press headline from today. Thailand, first country in Asia to move to decriminalize cannabis. Yep. So I saw this story earlier today, uh, and I purposely didn't read the article because I had a feeling (laughs) it might come up here. So this is amazing for anybody who doesn't know. I grew up in Thailand for the first 13 years of my life. I am not Thai. My dad worked there. We were an expat family. And cannabis was very, very illegal in Thailand. If you've ever seen the movie The Beach, there's a scene where a couple hippies find an island with a weed farm on it. And they dance around singing Smoke Two Joints, right? I smoke two joints in the morning. I smoke two joints at night. I smoke two joints in the afternoon. It makes me feel all right. Uh, And then a Thai guy with a machine gun shows up, yells a few things, and then just guns them down right there, right? I left Thailand before I smoked weed, but I did go back at age 19 with my brother. We smoked a lot of weed, and it was extremely dangerous. It was probably pretty reckless at the time. So it's just crazy to me. When I started seeing headlines a year or two ago about Thailand moving towards decriminalizing cannabis, we're also talking about a country that's on the same peninsula as Singapore, where it is literally illegal to chew gum. And they will just chop off your arms and legs for having like a tiny nug of weed. Uh, Somebody check me on those penalties. It's not exactly that, but it's something really bad, right? And we're talking about a region of the world where cannabis is historically prominent. Cannabis has been in traditional Chinese medicine for thousands of years, and yet is extremely illegal. So this is a shock. Uh, I want to go back to Thailand. I've not been back there since 2003, but I want to go see this firsthand. It is absolutely astonishing and delightful news. Yeah, and we, of course, celebrate this right along with our, I'll say, approximately hundreds of listeners in Thailand. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. great moment in weed history. And this makes me think of, hey, 
We can drink wine from France or drink coffee from Ethiopia, considered to be, you know, by the connoisseurs, the greatest places for these things. How long until we're living in a world where we can enjoy cannabis and hashish from places like Thailand and, and the rest of the world? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I can tell you firsthand, Thai weed is excellent. It is powerful sativa stuff. The weed we were getting was not craft grown, and yet it was so pungent and powerful, right? It was like on the branch type shit, you know what I mean? Like $30 for probably equivalent of an ounce and a half, which is another uh, positive incentive <laughs> for the global distribution of cannabis. But yeah, it's really excellent weed, and I do look forward to this time where it's like you could smoke weed from anywhere. You know, uh, I noticed recently... Uh, that, you know, in a liquor store, I was like, wow, there is truly like a unique type of liquor from each country, right? There's a different type of beer. You can drink Belgian beer if you want something more full-bodied, or you can drink a Mexican beer if you want something that goes down easier. I'm waiting for this to happen. I've been waiting for this to happen. Look, in California, we're very, very lucky that we have access to a lot of really wonderful types of cannabis. But that doesn't mean I don't want to try shit from all over the world. And that's an exciting prospect. Maybe we're one step closer to that today. Oh, I hope so. And uh, just, yeah, of course, the most legendary cannabis from Thailand, at least in lore and probably uh, otherwise, is the Thai stick. Mm -hmm. uh, and just uh, to put it in some historical perspective, High Times resident cannabis connoisseur once praised Thai stick as dense seedless and stronger than a bull elephant so hell yeah i can i can vouch for that it is definitely powerful shit well it will be a dope thing when we are able to smoke some real thai stick from thailand together my friend but for now what uh is the dope thing for this episode yes indeed i've switched up my background for our patreon supporters uh you can see what that background is it's very appropriate so today I'm really going to channel my inner Rooney. Three minutes or so with Andy Rooney. I don't know anything offhand that mystifies Americans more than the cotton they put in pill bottles. Why do they do it? Look at these boxes of stuff. Check the size of those things. They not only puff the wheat, they puff the blueberry. What's a paperweight for anyway? And one more thing, but this may be asking too much. I wish there was something we could all take to cure us of stupidity. Uh, and I'm going to talk about something that we completely take for granted, right? Something that in which we put our discarded cannabis dust, and yet it is a thing of beauty that we very rarely appreciate. And I think that the one that you have says a lot about you. Now, it could be a beer can. We've all done it, all right? Nobody, <laughs> no man is better than any other. But today, of course... I'm talking about the humble ashtray. People have all different types of ashtrays. You can be the type of person who just has like a little functional ashtray, like this one that I use outside by the pool, all right? It's like your 70s kind of ashtray. Uh, I didn't clean these because my ashtrays are never clean. I smoke shit tons of weed every <laughs> single day, right? Uh, and then of course, there's the traditional glass ashtray. Now, this is just college right here, right? Like, like this is like that. This is the one glass thing into your living room, and it just kind of sits there. Mine has an owl on it for absolutely no reason. This is my least favorite ashtray. All of life is a stage for us and for joints. 
the ashtray is the stage, right? Um, this here is one that I got at a thrift store. As you can see, it has room for seven joints. Uh, so you know what I'm saying? <laughs> seven joints for seven brothers. Wasn't that a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now more wonderful than ever in 70 millimeter and full stereophonic sound. Seven brides for seven brothers. But yeah, I really love this ashtray. And also it has this wabi-sabiness to it, right? Uh, which is the Japanese concept of something that brings you joy because of its functionality, even though it might be flawed in some way, right? Anytime you see me doing great moments of weed history, moments of weed, my radio show, whatever, this is the ashtray sitting here collecting my ashes because honestly, it inspires me. It's a part of my setup over here. And there's one more. Now, this ashtray is my favorite ashtray. It's the reason I wanted to do this segment. Allie, my girlfriend, got me this ashtray for Christmas. And it was kind of a, you know, a Hail Mary a little bit because she didn't know exactly what I wanted. But I love this fucking ashtray right here. It is a hand built on top of a foot, right? <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I just noticed the foot. Yeah, so isn't that fucking sick? I name a lot of things. I have not yet named this ashtray. Uh, but I am the type of person who names inanimate objects. So if you have an idea for it, tweet at me, message us at the show. Tell me what the name of my ashtray is. But today, when you smoke, when you tap out that bowl or tap off that joint, take a look at that ashtray. Pick it up. Appreciate it. Because this is the most forgotten piece of your cannabis arsenal. And it deserves your love and attention. And if it doesn't, go out. Go to a thrift store. Get yourself a brand new ashtray. Send us a picture of it. Yeah, an ashtray is an affordable luxury. It is something that uh, really ties the room together, dare I say. It's true. I really believe that. And with your permission, I would like to say we're going to post a picture of the as yet unnamed ashtray on our Great Moments in Weed History Instagram. Find it there. Share a picture of your ashtray with us. Hashtag great moments in weed history. And if you have a suggested name for a hand on top of a foot ashtray, uh, <laughs> naming rights are still out there. Uh, yeah, and Bean, I, I hope that you take a look at your ashtrays today and, you know, uh, and, and silently thank them. Actually, I have a beloved ashtray as well. It's not uh, right with me this second, but I will post it alongside yours on Instagram. It Beautiful. is an ashtray uh, that I grew up with. It has an astrological theme. Sick. It is also the thing, if you try to break into the Casa de Bean, that I will pick up to brain you with because it is extremely <laughs> heavy. So uh, if, I'm, if I'm sliding it over to you gently, it's because you have a long ash on your joint and I don't want it on the carpet. If I've got it clutched in my hands, fucking you should run. <laughs> well, that's fucking fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Bean. Let's uh, let's take a fat hit together. All right. Um, and here's to you all. Uh, until next uh, Weed's Day. Uh, weed thanks for day. sharing a moment in weed. See you guys next time. Well, that's the show, folks. Thanks so much for listening. And if you stuck around this long, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can put five on it at greatmomentsinweedhistory.com. And 
That would really help us as we research, write, edit, and publish a new episode every Weedness Day. Great Moments in Weed History is written, produced, and performed by me, David Beanstock, a.k.a. Bean. Special thanks to our sponsor, PAX. Go to PAX.com and use promo code GREATMOMENTS, all one word, for a big discount at checkout.